Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of On Social Impact, which, as far as I know, is still the only podcast in existence that champions and celebrates the amazing social impact businesses in Ontario. My name's Neil, I'm your host and your guide, if you will, to the incredibly vibrant space that makes up community interest companies, social entrepreneurship, and for good business. And do you know what? We can change the world through business. That's the thing I'm learning every single week. It's being reinforced. I love talking to my guests. I've got this passion, this burning passion that I hope is inspiring you. To check out back episodes, please do. There's a few of them. But as you get involved, to spend your dollars in social enterprise, maybe even to start a social enterprise, home in on the big, hairy, audacious goal, the thing that you want to change in society, and make it happen by using the power of business. So this week, I am so pleased be welcoming Barry Martin of Hypnotic onto this podcast. This is going to be great. Hypnotic are a B Corp. Their list of clients are incredible. So I'm hoping to get under the skin, find out what makes it tick, what makes Barry tick, and what lessons Barry and the Hypnotic team have learned that they can share with all of us out there in the world who want to make a difference. So kick back, get a coffee, relax. I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you at the end. I'm the CEO, uh, strategy, and design lead at Hypnotic. Uh, we make marketing communications for people who are generally doing progressive things. Um, we are special, I'd say, on, for two reasons. So one is we tend to go pretty far back up people's strategy ladder in order to better inform the shape of the products and services we're offering them. And um, the other thing that makes us need it to them is um, we specifically work with people who are on some spectrum from inherently purpose-driven um, to left-leaning, socially <laughs> impact-oriented, you know, awesome. could be doing something ethically, um, as long as they're not um, predicating their business model on externalizing their costs to people or the planet. Um, and they could be doing better, we can probably help them out. Fantastic. So, I mean, it sounds like you're, you yourselves are in a really purpose-driven business, making, taking your skills and helping other people kind of really amp up theirs. Um, and, I mean, quite a number of previous interviewees have spoken about having what they've nicknamed as big, hairy, audacious goals uh, that they've kind of established themselves to, to address. I mean, what's, what's the big idea behind Hypnotic? What's that kind of elevator pitch, if you like? Well, I mean, our specialty is in uh, burrowing down, zeroing in on, uh, getting at the nut of um, why something matters, why it's relevant, and uh, then using that information to become noticed by, engaged with, um, and ultimately uh, shared by uh, an organization's uh, constituents. And um, we could do that for people who are, you know, taking advantage of other people, or we could do it for people who are um, helping other people. And so we chose to do the latter. I mean, it, you know, it's part of a longer progression. I mean, I, I have a degree in advertising design uh, from uh, Syracuse, which is a great program, but you're, you're being trained to work at a traditional ad agency and uh, to work on conventional stuff. And um, I think that the 
biggest companies in the world run by the smartest people uh, in the world realized a long time ago that things needed to change, their models were sustainable, and maybe even that was going to be unpopular. Of course. And so they've, so I, I guess probably around the same period I started to change, I just preferred, uh, instead of waiting for them or trying to help them from the inside, I just elected to try to kind of accelerate the people who were already doing their own acceleration. Of course. So, no, you know, like if I worked for a nonprofit and who, uh, um, you know, helps people grow and appreciate uh, uh, more nutritious food and get their hands on it, and then um, they go to schools and can focus better, or they go to work and can excel there because they're well nourished, um, they become contributors to society. Of course, and it's, yeah, right. so it's really it is really growing that impact then through those strategic choices. I mean, what a what a fantastic business model. I think so. I think we're a lever to a kind of exponential impact, and um, sometimes we feel like uh, it would be, or I feel certainly. I don't know how you have to ask everybody how they feel, but I feel sometimes, and I wonder the years uh, whether it might uh, feel more tangible if we were, you know, directly drilling wells or something, but. Um, but uh, again, we, we, it's pretty satisfying to help people who are doing interesting things uh, all the way through to important things, uh, clarify their agendas, and then bring them to life in their marketing. Absolutely, I, I can imagine. And um, yeah, I, I love that love that idea. Now, am I right in thinking, Barry, you're a, a B Corp company? We're a founding Canadian B Corp. So, um, I don't know, some 10 plus years ago, we had a client who was a real inspiration to us. She ran a, uh, a dairy, uh, not just any dairy, a platinum lead certified dairy. Uh, the woman had more certifications for more things than, you know, the most decorated voice get. <laughs> well, just badges everywhere. And uh, we realized two things. One, that... Um, Far from kind of an onerous burden of of commitments and, and guidelines, they were responsible for meeting. They had like a built-in business plan, right? All they had to do was meet the terms of all the things that they <laughs> signed up for, and all the decisions we made for them. And uh, sort of in that, you know, uh, on that very decorated sash of uh, certification, <laughs> they had uh, one of them was B Course, and she was like the, one of the earliest B Course. And um, we looked into it, and we said. Well, this would be great. This is this is what we think. This is what we do. This will be easy. And so we did it, and it wasn't easy at all. <laughs> cool. It's very tough. Yeah, I'm not sure how much you know about certification. I know I know some. I'm not personally directly familiar with it, and I've spoken to a couple of people who said it's incredibly valuable, but it's got a lot of hurdles to to get over. As I suppose, as that value should be, it shouldn't be an easy badge to get. Yeah, uh, unlike other certifications, you know, organic or let's say or lead, where you're, you know, responsible for meeting certain terms, you are awarded points based on how much positive impact you're creating in a bunch of areas. And so that there, it's a subtle but but um, resounding shift in the way you look at that, right? So like, it's not harm reduction; it's <coughs> impact, positive impact creation. A and B. It's hard because that's not your. You don't think of that as your job. Like these are byproducts of your job, 
and um, in our case, as a service business, it's particularly hard because we don't have a lot of outputs. I don't have a comprehensive supply chain that I can green. Mm. I can't be a female-owned business because I own it. And I'm not female. Sure. <laughs> you know, so there's all kinds of points I can't score. Um, so we have to look for other ways to get our points. Fair enough. And that, I mean, does being a B Corp then give you access to kind of a, a different kind of conversation around changing those sort of social impact? Does it add extra value that your clients see and come to you, come to you for specifically? So I'd say there are, I used to say that there were three benefits, but now I'd say there are four. Um, the f- first one is, yes, access to a, um, a network of like-minded peers is great. Some of them further ahead of us, some of them bigger than us, um, some of them uh, nascent or you know uh, neophytes, but like those, you know, they have fresh perspectives. That's important. And um, the second one is, yeah, we actually have had clients who are B Corps because of it, and uh, you know, there's just a certain connection, just the same way that when you're traveling somewhere and you bump into somebody who's from the same continent as you are, <laughs> all of a sudden there's a link, <laughs> you know, just to, just to by association. Um, the third one is, uh, yeah, we get this great rubric. Um, the, the practices are actually beneficial, right? The things that it's asking us to do, uh, certifications asking us to do. And I'd say the fourth one is that, yeah, over the years, as the movement has transformed, uh, started looking inward. We have, um, I, I think, on a lot of levels, started to think differently about um, why we're doing it. The last couple of years, the focus has been on inclusion. It's been something we've been thinking about a lot. So, okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. so it's definitely something really valuable for for you, for your business, for for the clients, and and for the wider economy as well. I mean, unequivocally. And speaking of that kind of wider um, wider look, what do you reckon are some of the biggest challenges facing social impact businesses in Ontario right now? Mm. Well, that's interesting. I'm just on my way to the social finance forum uh, this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday. But, um, so I wonder if there'll be thoughts about it. But uh, I, I think they're probably obvious broad ones. Uh, there's still, it's still a relatively, um, it's certainly a mainstream concept now, but it's not, it hasn't necessarily trickled down to the day to day. Businesses are um, cottoned on that they need to be doing things more responsibly, but um, uh, I feel like there's still, you know, we still need somehow to uh, game the system to to reward companies who are doing they're taking the risk spending the money um and uh you know doing the r d to come up with new ways of doing things because and and that could because the public you know again you may on an ambient level feel like doing doing well you wouldn't kick a dog on the way home but do you say no to the styrofoam packaging no you know like people we kind of you know we just kind of live in it and it's um it's hard to get uh, people to make to go out of their way day to day to day to day to day, making better decisions. So that, and I think that things like um, giving um, companies with before uh, certification prefer, preferred uh, procurement opportunities. Okay. With 
certainly government, with nonprofits, with uh, maybe treatment for people with uh, CSR needs, so just walking out after their impact reporting. Um, I think that would be very helpful. Absolutely, and I think it's that you spoke earlier to that kind of badge of quality and the the hoops you have to jump through for B Corps. So yeah, kind of getting that into I mean, the, the discussion. Um, like I, I think the way I think of it is, if you're not a B Corps, what are you? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not creating positive impact, what are you? What are you doing? Exactly, exactly. No, I, I love it. And uh, so, okay, speaking to some of the, the challenges that are around, uh, particularly at the moment, and what do you think are some of the opportunities in, in the sector? What's kind of ripe for taking, if you will? Well, uh, it, it pretty much dovetails on the same idea. There, there's tremendous momentum at the moment. Um, you know, you see the, the most... Um, I don't want to say, uh, you know, I don't want to give them any extra credit, but some 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 giant companies are making the right strides. Uh, you've seen this year, Danone became a B Corp, they're pretty much the biggest one. North America, that's a huge $6 billion company. Yeah. Um, and Danone Global is working towards it. And uh, Unilever increasingly has um, uh, initiatives. They've partnered with one of my clients, Marketist, to work on a... Uh, on a responsible farming project, and they're you know like they're t- doing tangible things. Uh, it, again, it's so hard when your ship is so huge and there are so many micro brands and half of those are you know stuff that nobody needs. <laughs> and their whole model is just some packaged stuff. And but anyways, um, they're they're figuring out a series of strategies for evolving. So um, I guess my point is that there's a, a lot of momentum getting a lot of play in the media and um, and uh, and people are signing up and take and going through the impact assessment so I, I would just I would just hope that this um, moment uh, continues to roll and grow and, uh, and that I think if we're going to see on some opportunity it would be to run with this Excellent. And I mean, I've certainly seen some pieces recently about uh, Canadian universities offering specific degrees in social entrepreneurship and so on. So it seems to be, like I say, the, the momentum seems to be really picking up, which is, is absolutely well, fabulous. Yeah. So I, I mean, I remember I was in uh, San Francisco in the 10th and I saw, like, you know, university ads on bus shelters for social entrepreneurship programs. So I felt like it was already coming. Okay. It's already been, you know, and uh, here we are, maybe Canadian universities now, but even so, like, major ones have, have, our, have, have already been on top of it. Um, and certainly with uh, things that intersect our design universe, like service design, people are already thinking consciously about how to do things better and how to put people at the center of the problem. Yep. So um, academia, I don't think, is particularly uh, far behind on this one. Great. No, it sounds it sounds good and it is really exciting. And I mean, speaking of exciting, what are some of the social impact projects that have excited you over the last couple of years? Um, things that sort of come along that really grabbed your attention, and what do you think other social entrepreneurs might be able to learn from them? Whew. that's interesting. Um, I just saw a a, a, a billboard at a bus shelter at lunch. Um, and it was kind of like a Saul Bath style illustrated, like, uh, you know, old Blue Note albums. Um, 
of a hand with a cigarette box and it said, don't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> and it's a, it's a campaign to uh, get people to stop smoking uh, lit cigarettes and the garbage because they light on fire. Um, which I thought it was a little narrow. Sorry to express the machine. Um, <laughs> I, you know, because I think that uh, I always wondered why people litter cigarette butts. Nice. Like, so, <laughs> so I take the unhealthiest part of it yep. <laughs> and just drop it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, so I don't know about major campaigns, what I, uh, we're so, you know, sort of head down in our clients work, half of our clients are non-profits that, um, we're kind of, I don't know, so in them, do you have any sort of major media campaigns that you've been interested in? I'm trying to, just trying to think. I mean, obviously, there's a lot at the moment about um, environmentalism, specifically plastic. So over here in the UK, yeah, there's a, a, a lot of moves to change the way plastics uh, used, dealt with, recycled, not recycled. And there's a lot of kind of upstream work. So it's not just the yeah. household campaigning, it's the policy level as well. Yeah, so I would notice more... Uh funny because we're kind of futurist here so I'm kind of we're kind of looking more like 10 20 years out nice. but I but when I do notice stuff that's happening day to day it tends to be more of the behavioral economic stuff the you know uh, places um, where they and I guess these are typically Nordic countries <laughs> you know they, when they have campaigns to like pay people to bring back their bottles yeah. and then they recycle those bottles to things or you know or, or you know you can put your, your bottle in and get change or whatever or get chips or you know, these kinds of things. Um, I, I mean, I love um, these kinds of nudges that are on the street and in your face and directly related to the return. Small things like when you fill a little water fountain and you see like they have the outline of the bottle. Yep. And, you know, and they and they actually have a counter that shows you how many um, bottles have been saved by using your refillable thing instead <laughs> of by just pouring and drinking. Yep. Yeah, and it's, it's so much of it is about making making all that sort of stuff visible. Um, yeah, I'm a yeah, great fan of behavioural economics as well. I'm actually just doing a course via edX platform from the University of Toronto, uh, behavioural economics in action, and yeah, absolutely loving it and kind of use social marketing principles in my, my work day to day. So it's definitely, I think that's definitely kind of where a lot of people can learn stuff. The age of stick it on just the side of a bus and shout it from the rooftops isn't quite, it's not there anymore. It's It's more nuanced. It's more... Yeah, how how to change individual behaviours actually at scale? It's it's a fascinating fascinating problem. Have you seen those? Uh, sometimes there's fish painted on, on the uh, sidewalk right next to a sewer. Oh right, no, I haven't seen those. Just to remind you, this water nice. goes somewhere. Nice, yeah, subtle, and yeah, must be weave into the, that kind of overall narrative. So I like it. We have an we have an amazing campaign here. I forget the guy's name. I feel like he's a Shoka fellow who started it. Um, um, and um, called Stopgap, okay. and it's these wooden wedges that um, I think they're just made from recycled woods. From, I don't even know from where, but it's such a simple solution. There's so many places. Toronto's not as old a city as uh, anything in the UK, <laughs> but um, but it has been. Uh, but there's nevertheless stuff that has, was built in the Victorian era. There's all kinds of different steps. Yep. And so now on main streets, you'll see these colored wooden wedges that people just stick in front of their store to make them more accessible. Nice. That's really, that's a beautiful idea. I definitely, definitely, yeah. need that, definitely need that over here, I think. 
yeah, accessibility is a real is a real issue, and I think it's sometimes it is those simple interventions that make such a huge difference. And also, um, when you employ them, you realize that while you're targeting maybe people in wheelchairs, you end up benefiting a whole bunch of other groups. Mm. Absolutely, and and thereby kind of linking people who might not have otherwise had anything in common or felt like they had. Yeah, and yeah, it's an amazing way, as opposed to to create that sense of commun- community and equity of access, literally at the city city scale. Yeah. Fantastic! I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> um, just thinking, particularly about uh, hypnotic for a minute. What would you say, Barry, are some of the biggest lessons you've learned through uh, hypnotic, um, and what kind of advice might you give a younger version of yourself? Oof. I have a. Uh... I have time capsules inside of this room I'm to send back. I think that uh, start small, work in baby steps, work on, work with, uh, um, you know, oh, I, I think maybe a huge one is, because um, I'm still learning it, no matter how experienced uh, or, or uh, intelligent a person is in a particular universe, they're, they're, entirely ignorant. They're, they're completely unaware of how to solve the kinds of problems that we solve. And uh, and I remember early on working for somebody who was a senior executive of a mutual one company managing a billion dollars and they were marketing and I, and I was like, wait a second, this person doesn't really know what they're doing. <laughs> and I thought about it <laughs> and maybe I was just young, but, uh, but I think that uh, what I kind of clued into was their expertise was really how to get ahead in a mutual fund company. Sure. Not necessarily how to um, make annual reports more engaging for their readers. Not how to um, make uh, financial data more interesting to anybody. You know? Mm. They, they just, they hadn't been tasked with um, you know, any sort of meaningful. <laughs> they just, they, their job was really to um, meet regulatory and produce documents. Okay. And, uh, but the title was still marketing. And <laughs> I was like, but, but our job is communication. <laughs> our job is engagement. Right, right? Like, what's the point? Anyways, so uh, I've, I've met amazing people who run amazing things. And we sit together for a few minutes and they tell me something and I say, do you mean this? And they say, yes, that's exactly what we mean. Let's say that. And I say, okay. And, uh, and it's just because we have a particular muscle yeah. that we've flexed for 20 years, and so we have a facility for solving those kinds of problems. And, um, you know, it, it still creeps up on me 20-whatever years later. Um, oh, yeah. This is something that just comes naturally to us. That <laughs> they don't even know they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's, a, that's a huge one, and, uh, and I, I'd probably get some kind of tattoo that reminds me of that. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I mean, it, yeah, it makes again it makes perfect sense. I can see bits of my career where that that would line up perfectly. So yeah, fascinating. I I love it. Um, and I'm really interested, Barry, as well in knowing as well about the company you've laid that out. But what brought you to a social impact career? What was it that that fired your spark? I'd say a confluence of events, but it's like it's not the, the ideal work is it's not like a bunch of things came together for some magic moment. Um, it's more like um. A, a series of factors uh, slightly influenced me uh, in a bunch of ways over time. Um, 
again, my, my, my degree was in advertising design, and I'm supposed to be, if I'm killing this career, working at, uh, for car companies or something. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I, there was a definitive moment where I was, where I was kind of like struck by the sort of emptiness of the, uh, the end goal. Okay. And that kind of threw me for a chunk of time. And, uh, at my young age, that resulted in me starting to think about how I could work with people who I loved. And from there it was how, okay, people who are nice, but then they're doing something interesting. And then people who are doing something interesting, but they're doing it, something that other people shouldn't, could care about. And then I kind of realized, well, actually, the job is easier because, you know, selling some generic shit that nobody needs is <laughs> a lot more work than sharing, than selling something that people uh, could, should, probably would care about if we just communicated the value clearly. And um, I also have a wife who, I have a wife, but at the time um, was um, shifting her careers and was looking for a marketing career and, um, oh, sorry, was looking for a career thinking about marketing but didn't want to sell shampoo. Yep. And she ended up at a, um, a kind of social purpose agency and um, learned a lot there and then came to work with us for a few years after that. Okay. Um, she was influential and uh, the dialogues that we had with her, she's gone on actually to get more hands-on and work with non-profits for years. Um, and uh, and then really, um, what, once you start to learn about the issues, again, half of our clients are non-profits, so as you start to, to engage in, in what they're working on, yeah. and you have to understand it well enough to be able to make some connections and articulate things in better ways and come up with ideas around it, um, you're, it's kind of a slippery slope, and you, you really can't get back up. <laughs> so, so you learn about enough issues in enough places, and um, I, just there's a line, no return, like, you, you know, so we, we just... We drew a hard line, and we said, cool. basically, if they, yeah. So, I mean, if your company is doing amazing things left, right, under, over, etc., but your core margins come from something that depends on addicting somebody to something that's unhealthy, or um, stealing something from somebody's ecosystem, or you know, labor that. Should should be paying people more, you know, anything like that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just, I'm sure all those other things are important and really amazing. That's not a good fit. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes makes absolute makes absolute sense. It's putting, like I say, putting people at the, the heart of everything, which just has to be. Yeah, I agree. Has to be the way forward. Yeah. Excellent. And so, I mean, sort of coming towards the end. I mean, what's what's next, either for for you or for hypnotic or or both? What's the next the next step? Well. Um, it's funny because I talk about this. Uh, on the one hand, we've been doing the same thing for 20 years. Uh, on the other hand, it hasn't been the same two days in a row. <laughs> of course. You know, like the, every problem is different for every client. The way people are influenced by media is radically shifting um, as fast as technology is changing. So, uh, if anything, I think we're, what the next is. Um, taking our, our hard earned wisdom and simplifying things. Cool. Systematizing a few things. Um, again, recognizing that 
our clients, no matter how um, successful they are in their practice, enterprise, uh, or initiative, um, they're not experts in our field, yep. and just creating accessible on-ramps, finding wherever, finding, you know, meeting them wherever they're at, and supporting them until they raise their communications IQ. Um, so we're we're always trying to carve out more time to systematize that and make it easier for us and for them. Okay. And uh, yeah, so now we're kind of in a, in a good place around that. I reckon that many social impact business owners out there would want someone like Barry on their side, helping them to amp up their social impact, helping them to reach more people and do more good in more places right across Ontario. If you'd like to know more about Barry and the hypnotic story, I'll put all the contact details in the show notes, so do reach out. Reach out to him, reach out to Hypnotic, and hey, reach out to their clients as well. I'm sure that they'll love it. Every time you work with their clients, sure there's more social impact social good being done in Ontario as a result so that's the end of another episode I hope you've enjoyed it I hope you're feeling as inspired as I am right now reach out to me on twitter at onsocialimpact or by email neil at onsocialimpact.com keep it old school go for the email do you have a story you want to tell have you got a favorite social impact business you'd love to see featured here let me know reach out I'd love to hear from you so until the next time Keep doing amazing things, keep changing the world, keep using business to do it. I'll see you soon.